Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, August 28th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski, and it's just me today. Uh, no Truman. He's away at college. Uh, we both go to Ashland University, but I commute and he stays there. Uh, so we're, it's the first week, so it's, it's kind of a little bit chaotic, so we're trying to figure out, you know, how to record. We have a couple ideas, but for right now, uh, at least for this week, I'm pretty sure about 100% sure it's going to be me again on Thursday, um, but we're going to figure it out, you know, try to get him back on uh, because he, he really does want to keep recording, but it's just a little chaotic right now. We're trying to figure out good recording spots on campus, whether it's, you know, just doing it in our car or whatever. We'll figure it out uh, because that's just what we do. Uh, but before that, before we figure that out, we got some sports to talk. We had a pretty crazy weekend, um, so we're going to just dive into all these headlines. We got the boldest move of the week obviously we're going to start kicking off every single tuesday got a couple other segments we want to try out but we want to talk some college football to kick this show off uh the kickoff weekend is starting this saturday um we will be i will be breaking down you know some of the big games on thursday but you know a couple big programs decided you know their quarterback position which is a couple of these teams, you know, it's, it's been a kind of a storyline all off season. We haven't talked about it too much, but you know, teams like LSU, Clemson, Florida State, USC, all decided their their uh, starting quarterback situation, um, and we're going to dive into that. So we'll start with uh, we'll start in Louisiana with LSU. Uh, Joe Burrow, guy's kind of near and dear to my heart. Transfer from Ohio State, uh, which I was kind of glad to see him transfer to a big time program like LSU, and now he's going to be getting the starting chance, starting shot um, with their home with their opener uh, on Saturday. I was glad to see uh, Joe uh, get a starting spot. Um, I know he has talent. I think he's more a pro-style quarterback, and Ohio State's system doesn't really call for that. They call for kind of a dual-threat type of player uh, like you know JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins, Tate Martell. I didn't see Joe Barrett really getting a shot at Ohio State just because Dwayne Haskins and Tate Martell are really, really talented. But I think Joe Burrow, he goes to LSU. He's going to go there, more, a little bit more of a pro-style offense. He'll get... Uh, I think he has a really great arm. I watched him in the spring game. He has a solid arm. I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does with LSU because I think LSU finally now has a pretty solid quarterback. Um, <clears throat> I really like Joe Burrow, and I'm glad he's getting a shot. So it's going to be exciting to see. Uh, a lot of Ohio State fans will be tuning into that game on Saturday. Uh, Clemson, another interesting situation. Kelly O'Brien was the starter there. This was the starter last year, I believe, at took over after Deshaun Watson left, um, and he played well. He held his own there, uh, but the only problem was, and there really wasn't, you know, everybody kind of assumed he'd be the starter, but the only problem was Trevor Lawrence, uh, the freshman, true freshman phenom, uh, the top high school quarterback last year. He's got those that long uh, blonde hair. I think his nickname nickname is Sunshine. Um, he was a guy, you know, he really impressed in the spring game. And so some of the questions were brought up. Should he start over Kelly Bryant, who is, who put up a solid season? But I think Trevor Lawrence is the type of player who's going to completely take over the game of college football. And he's going to be a top pick here in two to three years. But I'm glad Kelly Bryant's going to get the position. Um, he, held off, he held off Trevor Lawrence. Uh, let Kelly Bryant start the season out. Go to the NFL. I think he's more than capable more than capable of playing in the NFL. Uh, and then let the Trevor Lawrence era start as soon as you know next year. Um, 
I could see if Kelly Bryant struggles, they put in Trevor Lawrence, which I wouldn't do. But uh, obviously, if he's struggling enough, you, you're going to want to change it up a little bit. But I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence because I've been watching him. I watched his highlights in high school, you know, coming up, and he's just been really impressive. And he had a really good spring game. That arm is just ridiculous. Um, but I'm glad to see Kelly Bryant, Kelly Bryant is getting another shot. Florida State, DeAndre Francois, Francois, can't pronounce the name, don't care. Um, uh, he's back again. He's going to be the starting quarterback. He, if you remember him, he tore his tendon last year, uh, I believe, in his arm. I'm not sure, though, uh, in the Alabama opener. Florida State was supposed to have a big season, but because of DeAndre's injury, uh, the whole season got derailed, and it ended up with the firing of Jimbo Fisher. Um, so he's back again. That's cool to see. Then USC. How, what were they going to do with Sam Darnold there is over? He's gone. Where do they turn to? They turn to the freshman, JT Daniels, a true freshman. Uh, the, I think it's the second true freshman ever to start the opener uh, for USC. First was Matt Barkley, who obviously coming out of high school was huge, big name. Um, somebody who he impressed in high school is going to really uh, you know, get a shot here to see what he can do. Uh, it's it. You kind of want to turn into it, tune in a little more when it's a true freshman starting for a big time program, because you have to be really talented to do that. Um, and it looks like JT Daniels is going to get his shot. So that's interesting to see. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit more about these games on Thursday. I'm going to talk a little bit more about these games. Uh, but you know, those four programs, four pretty big time programs. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a different shakeup this year in the college football scene with these, you know, new quarterbacks coming in. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and obviously, Ohio State, they still got their, you know, questions. I know Dwayne Haskins is going to be getting the start on Saturday versus Oregon State. But I guess Ryan Day, interim head coach, said that uh, Tate Martell is going to be getting some snaps. So we'll see. Obviously, Ohio State kind of predicts that they'll blow out uh, Oregon State, which is, you know, an knock on wood type of situation there uh hopefully that's not a trap game but uh it's gonna be interesting to see because tate martell another big name coming out of high school uh he's been kind of waiting in the wings for his shot i think this is dwayne haskins year i think he gets this year moves on nfl guy and tate martell is going to be his show for the next you know year or two whatever he wants so we'll see what happens but we're gonna move now to the big dogs in the nfl uh We'll talk a little bit more about the college game on Thursday. So preseason week three is over. We're not going to go game by game by game because we got a packed show for you today, and that's just going to take forever. It took over half the show last time to get through the NFL. Um, preseason week three, though, just a couple of things I wanted to talk about. You know, the Cowboys, they had eight turnovers in their game versus, uh, I can't remember who they played, but eight turnovers, two muff punts, that's a problem. Looks like you know they're going to be missing a guy that they just traded over the offseason. We'll talk about it in a second with Ryan Switzer. Uh, obviously, two-month punts. You're going to be needing a punt return now. Eight turnovers, though. Cooper Rush is a guy we've talked about a lot. He was somebody who undrafted uh, rookie free agent last year to basically the backup behind Dak Prescott because the Cowboys loved him so much. He's regressed a little bit this preseason, which is interesting to see because you know Cowboys fans were really excited about him because he was... You know, he made a lot of waves for a rookie free agent in his first year. So we'll see uh, what happens there. Uh, the Green Zone on NBC. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Uh, if you didn't see, I guess it's inside the 20. The Red Zone. Um, NBC is going to be doing a graphic where they make... What is it? They make the... Uh, 
the first down line. Instead of just the yellow first down line, they're going to make the first down yardage that they need a little bit darker green than the actual field. Doesn't make sense to me. I, I didn't really think the 20-yard line was the most broken part of the, uh, I mean, the yellow line on the field was, you know, something that needed to be fixed over the offseason, but I guess they're going to try this out. We'll see how it works. They got a little preview of it. It's okay. I mean, it's not great. I mean, I, I think a yellow line is going to work work better because I don't know what their plan is, but like a fourth, a third and one, fourth and one, you know, you really can't see much of that. I think the yellow line works a little bit better. Uh, I don't know if they're getting rid of the yellow line altogether, but I this green zone thing's I think is a little bit too much. I think you just go back to the yellow line. Andy Dalton, his return to Buffalo after basically giving the Buffalo Bills a playoff spot last year. He got a standing ovation. I know he was he was waving to the fans. He is loved in Buffalo, and he it got clearly shown on Saturday with the standing ovation. And two, we'll talk about the first guy, John Ross. First-round pick last year, ran the fastest 40-time in NFL history. Um, kind of sucked last year, I'll admit it. He was he was straight trash. I don't even think he had a catch for a long time. He dealt with injuries. I, lo- I was looking him up because I did pick him up in my fantasy league because I think he's going to do big things this year. His whole year last year he scored, I think it was like negative nine fantasy points. Um, but he had a re- one of the best highlights of uh preseason that long pass from Andy Dalton to him uh, juking out a couple guys he looked like a freaking beast and I'm excited for him this year I think he's he showed he has the talent at uh Washington and uh now I think he's gonna get more of an opportunity I think that's why they got rid of Brandon LaFell if you remember they cut him earlier in the offseason uh because they really like John Ross and Tyler Boyd two young wide receivers Tyler Boyd I think was taken out of pits. Yeah, he wore he wore twenty three in in, in uh, college as a wide receiver. So that's kind of why I remember him because that's a stupid number for a wide receiver. But he's gonna be back, looking for you know a little bit of redemption in year three. And John Ross obviously he's got that chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove, kind of shake off those ramblings of a bust. Uh, you know he's not been labeled a bust yet because he was dealing with injuries. But slowly you know it's starting to he's kind of started to develop the shield of a bust type of player he's shown some of the signs but hopefully he can kind of shake that all away in year two and put out a good year and i think he's well on his way uh so far in this preseason another guy who's kind of like that who's already i think been labeled the bust is kevin white the wide receiver from the bears uh drafted first round out of west virginia a couple years ago has just never seen the field due to injuries i think he's played four games in his i think three years in the nfl um bears fans i think have already kind of written him off uh but he had a pretty nice catch and touchdown um on in week three here the preseason if the Bears could get a, even a little bit of production out of Kevin White, that would be huge. He was so talented coming out of West Virginia, and he has just been a bust through and through throughout this entire NFL career. A lot of people have written him off. Uh, no, He's not really expected to do much anymore, uh, but who knows? He could come out here and he could impress, uh, kind of take the league by storm. I'm not going to take the risk on him yet because he hasn't shown me anything other than the one touchdown catch this weekend, but Bears fans are excited, uh, and obviously they're going to need some weapons uh, with Mitch Trubisky, and to just add to that wide receiver core would be pr- 
pretty crazy if Kevin White could be even half of what he was at West Virginia. So uh, another uh, kind of, I don't know, I don't really know how to do this segue, but Lamar Jackson, uh, somebody who, coming out of college, big hype around him. I think this preseason has kind of confirmed he's not ready for NFL action yet, which I kind of assumed. Uh, but he did look good in his game uh, in week three here. He had a pretty long touchdown run. He showed, I think he's getting a little bit more comfortable. He's not ready. He should not play this year. This is Joe Flacco's year, his contract year. Let him play. Um, and if he struggles, keep playing him. Move on to Lamar Jackson next year. Because I don't think uh, Lamar Jackson's much better right now than than what you'll get out of Joe Flacco. But you never know. Um, Lamar Jackson is somebody who has kind of been not talked about a lot, you know, in the draft process because, you know, people don't think he has that great of an arm. And he's kind of shown that, I think. He he has a decent arm, but he doesn't – it's just his athleticism is off the charts. Um, He put up insane numbers at Louisville in high school – this is a guy who succeeded at every single level, so there's no doubt in my mind that he can succeed on the NFL level. It's just going to take some time. Uh, another guy who's kind of kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of careers, Adrian Peterson, uh, another one of these running backs who three four years ago, big name, big deal, but it's just been complete shit show ever since with injuries, fighting with Sean Payton on the sidelines with the Saints. And uh, now, you know, he had two good games with the Cardinals last year, but now he's back in the league. We talked about it last week with the Washington Redskins. Um, but he did look good. I'll give him that. 56 yards on 11 carries is impressive. Um, not world-changing. Not what we're used to seeing from prime Adrian Peterson. He's obviously past his prime. He's not going to put up, you know, numbers where people start thinking that maybe he'll beat out Eric Dickerson's rushing record, uh, which was a complete joke because nobody's ever, I don't think anybody's ever going to break that record. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see if there's a switch in Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, from last year, maybe he'll be the lead back, switch it up a little bit. I could see Peterson really making an impact. That's why I picked him up, switched it up with, uh, in my fantasy league, I, I dropped a guy and added Adrian Peterson real quick. And now he's a pretty hot name in fantasy, you know, kind of switching up the draft board. So we'll see uh, what happens with that type of switch. Uh, last story I want to talk about in week three, Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers. Probably the saddest moment of the weekend. Uh, you could see them throwing passes back and forth to each other in warm-ups. Truman's obviously more adamant about this than I am. Uh, he thinks that... Packers getting rid of Aaron Rodgers was the dumbest move in, in franchise history it's going to be. I think so. I think Jordy Nelson had a lot left in the tank. I think he got ripped from the Packers too soon. I think there could have been some other cuts, Randall Cobb. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. But it was pretty sad to see them throwing the ball back and forth to each other. Nostalgic, nostalgia, what, I don't know how you pronounce that, um, took over. Uh, but Jordy Nelson... Catching passes with Aaron Rodgers just put a good feeling in my heart and made me tear up a little bit. Uh, and I know Fresno State fans watching Derek Carr throw to uh, Devontae Adams was also kind of a tearing up type of moment. But that's week three, preseason. I'm ready to get this shit over with. I'm tired of preseason. Uh, I want to move on to the regular season. There's a couple teams that didn't even play any starters, so it's kind of getting boring. So I'm ready to move on and uh, get to week one, uh, which is going to be so much fun. 
especially for the Giants because they just signed their big man, Odell Beckham Jr., to the biggest contract ever for wide receiver. Five years, $95 million, I think 54 I don't know. That's probably not true. $54 million guaranteed. Something ridiculous. Highest ever for a wide receiver, which is impressive as hell. Um, he's a guy who I think can change a franchise around with his talent. I, won't, I don't think I would have paid him this much. I think he's in terms of talent, he deserves it. But he hasn't shown me that he's a $95 million guy yet in terms of all-around talent. Uh, he's got probably the most talent for any wide receiver, maybe AB, I would say, is above him. But uh, Odell is obviously very good, a very good wide receiver. One of the best in the league. Top three when healthy. That's the problem. He's not. He's coming off an injury. Um, he's coming off of. He's. This is what he's. This is what you're. You sign with Odell. You're getting a guy who's coming off an injury, coming off a shit show of a season off the field, cocaine allegations. The boat party, which was a complete mess, um, bashing the field goal net on the sidelines. Uh, he's a lot. He's a lot to deal with, and I, I kind of thought the Giants weren't gonna deal, didn't really want to deal with him anymore, and they were just gonna let him go. Uh, that's kind of what everybody thought earlier in the offseason, but obviously they're committed to him, uh, and I think he's committed to the Giants. Uh, so. Congrats to him. He got paid. I love seeing players get paid like this, uh, taking a little bit more money away from those owners. Uh, but credit to him. We'll see what happens this year, though. Hopefully this won't be you know, a terrible contract for the Giants for years to come. Pac-Man Jones. My man got signed back up with the Broncos. Not really sure why he keeps getting signed. Obviously, he's a pretty decent corner in the NFL. He's not great anymore. Uh, he could have been if he wouldn't have completely pissed away his earlier his early career uh, with all these mistakes off and on the field. Um, but I'm not really sure why he got signed. I guess he's going to bring some veteran presence to that Broncos secondary. Um, I think he would have fit at different places a little bit better. But obviously you're going to take what you can get when you're trying to play another year in the NFL. Um, but we'll see. Pac-Man Jones, I think is kind of a everybody's just kind of sick and tired of him that's why i kind of got pissed when he got signed because i really don't want to talk about him anymore because i've just you know i don't know we're gonna move on marcus lee uh this is a sad story out of jacksonville uh marcus lee i think i pronounced his first name wrong but we'll just say lee lee uh i think he went to usc coming out of usc he was a big name kind of didn't really impress that much in his first couple years but last year he really uh Got some, they really got some good production out of him, some solid production. He didn't really, you know, put up worldly Pro Bowl type of numbers, but he had a really solid year. They signed him to a contract extension, and he was supposed to be, I think, the number one guy there in Jacksonville. Uh, but I guess he's got some ligament dam damage in his knee, so he's done for the year, which sucks because now the the uh, Jaguars have to uh, rely on a wide receiver core of you know receiver core of. Uh, Moncrief, Keenan Cole, Westbrook, Chark, I believe, out of LSU. Those are the four main guys now. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, there. A lot of young names, a lot of unproven guys, especially Chark out of LSU, who I was really high on in the draft, but we'll see what happens there. But that sucks for them. Uh, I know there were reports that Des Bryant would be a good fit there, and I could see him being a good fit there, but the guy... I'm, I'm. This is another name. If I'm sick and tired of talking about Pac-Man Jones, I'm 
completely done with talking about Des Bryant. I think this guy is one of the most fake people in the NFL. I think he's the most overrated receiver ever. Uh, the guy can't run a route to save his damn life, and I will put my life on it. The hill he will never reach another Pro Bowl again. Um, if he really was that talented, if he really was that big of a deal, he would have been signed the first day, first hour that he got cut. But obviously we're now into close to December, close into week one here, and he still hasn't been signed. Uh, Jacksonville's already come out and said they're not going to be looking into signing him. Uh, you know, he put up that fake-ass, uh, you know, stunt on Hard Knocks coming in, greeting everybody, which I, I hated more than I thought about it. Um, I really don't like Des Bryant. Not just because I'm a Packer fan, but I don't know. I think he's pissed away a lot of opportunities this offseason with the Ravens. The Browns offered him a contract. Um, he's just making a lot of dumb moves, and I'm, you know, I, I'm tired of talking about him. So I'm gonna talk about a guy I'm a little bit higher on. Somebody I am excited about, Ryan Switzer. The man coming out of USC has just had a pretty rough start to his NFL career. Not because he hasn't been performing on the field. But because he's been traded, this is to be his third team in basically under a year in the NFL. Um, he's entering his second year. Uh, he got traded to the Raiders in the offseason. Now he's been traded back to Pittsburgh. I guess not back. Traded to Pittsburgh for a fifth rounder. Fifth round pick. Uh, I guess my... Uh, my, my Steelers source, Johnny Glad, we talked to him on, and he said he, he's going to be their kick returner, punt returner type of guy. They need somebody who can you know, kind of be that guy because Antonio Brown can't really do it anymore because he's so much more valuable as a wide receiver and they don't want to take the risk of him returning kicks. Uh, but Switzer, I was excited about him coming out of USC. Uh, I think he, he, he can do a lot in the NFL if he finds his niche. Um, you know, short, wide, short white wide receiver. Uh you know, everybody instantly thinks New England, and I think that would be a great spot for him. But right now, he'll be in Pittsburgh, which is a good spot, good quarterback. Uh, this wide receiver core, you know, Schuster, you know, obviously Antonio Brown, best receiver in the NFL. Uh, you know, other than that, you put James Washington there, Eli Rogers. This this team is looking for you know another guy to step up, and I think Switzer could really do a good job of doing that. Uh, even though he was just basically brought in to be the kick returner, but we'll see what happens um, from there. But that's it right now for the NFL for football. We're gonna move to baseball. Uh, but before that, uh, let's see here. It's these home cuts time. My man, Dom at D's Home Cuts, has been providing professional haircuts to many homes, many people around Northeast Ohio for only $7. He will provide you with a modern haircut and styling, um, which is insanely cheap. If you really look at it, if you if you price shop other salons, uh, other you know barbers, there's no way in hell you find a guy who's going to cut your hair for only $7. It's just not going to happen. And he does it so well. Uh, he's young. He's trying to, he, he's just, he's a young, you know, phenom in the haircut business. Uh, Dom's been a guy who, you know, every time you're going to go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. You won't be disappointed. You can trust me on that. Um, He's at Akron right now, giving haircuts, you know, in his dorm, uh, because the grind does not stop. Hair keeps growing no matter what happens, and Don, as long as hair is growing, Dom will keep cutting. Uh, so you can find him on Twitter, but I recommend you go to his Instagram. You can look up, you can look up million videos of his of his haircuts, what he's done before and after pictures. Uh, and also, it's really easy to set up an appointment straight up in the bio. Uh, but other than that. Check him out. 
you don't be disappointed. But we're going to move to baseball now. Uh, because baseball's been heating up. The playoff race is heating up. we got some storylines I wanted to talk about. And we're going to start in Toronto. Toronto's had a pretty shitty year in baseball. This team's fell on hard since uh, you know their, their playoff run a couple years ago. Ever since the Indians straight up embarrassed them on national television, this team has fallen on some hard times. Losing, you know, key pieces to trades. Indians, I think the Indians are one of the sole reasons why Toronto's just been, you know, having a bad year, a rough couple, you know, baseball months. But the lone bright spot so far this past week has been Morales, uh, the longtime DH for the Royals. Signed a contract with the Blue Jays a couple years ago. It ended, I wanted to talk about this a little bit yesterday, but obviously we don't record yesterday. He was hitting, he hit seven straight home runs, seven straight games. My man, Morales, hit a home run in seven straight games. He went for his eighth last night. He didn't get it. Obviously, that sucks. That would have tied the, the MLB record with, I think, four. There's three guys there right now. I know Ken Griffey uh, is up there. I think he's he's hit eight straight. Uh, so it sucks the streak broke, but I'm glad for him. Morales... If you read reports, he's one of the you know nicer guys around baseball. Everybody in the locker room roots for him, and he's been having a little bit of a rough year. But he's risen his batting average, I think, like 40 points. He's just been on a tear lately, and obviously, it sucks that his streak broke. But you know, you got it's it's, it's easy to root for a guy like that. Um, hopefully, you know, once a streak ends, it's easier for you to start a new streak. So we'll see what he does with this. Uh, I think he'll still be hot. I don't think this is the end of his uh, hot streak. Um, but I want to talk about a guy who I love, who my man Brian Leonard loves. We've talked about him before. Who guy who's been kind of underwhelming the last couple years. I mean, kind of not underwhelming by any means. He's just broke onto the scene this year, and if it wasn't for a couple other big names, he would be, I think, a clear-cut MVP candidate. And that is my man Matt Chapman, the third baseman for the Oakland Athletics, who's been leading this team to a historic season, a overachieving type of season, a really solid season, and he's hit. I was looking at it, he's I think he's hit four straight games. He's hit a home run. Um he hit two on Sunday and he hit two yesterday. He's hit four home runs in two games. Um he's underrated as shit. The guy is batting 282 with 20 home runs, 22 home runs now. Uh, that batting average is a little up now. It's not 282. But the thing is, his defense, I think he's the best defensive player in all of baseball. I know that's kind of you know, hard to say with the guy who hasn't proven that much yet, but he is easily the best defensive player, I think, in baseball. He's really fun to watch. He's fun as hell to watch. He's just making play upon play upon play. And I um, I want you to tune into him. If you're listening to me right now, if there's an Oakland A's game on, turn it on. Uh, go look up highlights of this man. He is just really fun to root for. And obviously, baseball does. Like we've talked about this. Does a really shitty job of marketing their players, and that's probably why you haven't heard of him. Um, if you haven't heard of him, but you should by now. He's a guy you're going to want to start to watch. Matt Chapman, my man, the third baseman. I would love to have him on the show. I uh, would have to bring Brian on for that. But obviously, we're not at that level yet because this guy, for the next couple of years, he's going to be a superstar. And I think it's pretty clear. So speaking of superstars, a team that has a lot of superstars, the the Boston Red Sox are kind of in a rough stretch. They they've lost six of eight. They just got swept by the Rays. Uh, Mookie Betts is batting. I think he's hitting 
150, I think, maybe 160 over the last nine games. You know, his batting average is still 330, but that's fallen a lot. Taking him a little bit, putting Mike Trout maybe more in that MVP contention because that batting average is not 350. I think it's 325 or something like that now. Um, but now with the Red Sox losing, going through some hard times, a team like the Yankees were in a great spot to take up some games, and that's exactly what they did. They've won eight out of nine. Uh, granted, you know it's been versus kind of shitty teams um, like the Orioles. They're playing the White Sox right now. You know these are kind of bad teams. But this pitching, this new, these new pitching pitchers that they've added. You know Lance Lynn. I kind of talk crap about him he's looking he's looking really good and this team this this new york team has closed the gap to boston to six games um i don't think it would be insane if the boston red sox lost this division i don't think they will i think you know they're just too good and i think they'll fix it here soon they've dealt with some injuries uh but if boston blows this blows this lead I don't know what I would do. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be crazy. We'll talk about that some more if it just keeps going downhill. But I just want to put that on your radar. The Yankees are closing in on the Red Sox, and that's you know something I wouldn't have thought I would be saying, but who knows? Could happen. You don't know, though. We're going to move to basketball, though. Basketball... NBA, you know, is one of those most is one of those interesting leagues because... You know, it has a lot of fans, but they don't do that great of a job of keeping up over the offseason. So there's not a lot of storylines going on right now. Uh, training camp's opening up here soon. I know some voluntary workouts are starting, uh, I think, within the week. I'm not sure, though. But we got some sad news out of the NBA yesterday. Manu Ginobili, one of the greatest guys off and on the court uh, for the Spurs, longtime Spur, uh, is going to retire after 16 years. This guy, I think is one of the best six men of all time, if not the best. He started a little bit, but for two-thirds of his career, he came off the bench. He was a staple there um, in uh, San Antonio. He's the last of the big three. He's gone now. Obviously, Parker's not gone. He's still playing, but he's you know off the Spurs. That Spurs core is gone. Uh, and that sucks if I'm a Spurs fan. This is why we talked about it. It's one of the hardest things in sports, I think, to watch your team just slowly break down and just give away you know, some of your favorite fan favorite pieces. Uh, and obviously, Manu had a great career. I've been a staple in the league the last couple of years. You can always count to see him uh, flash. And I was surprised he retired. I think he had a little bit left in the tank, but you know he's made his money. He's made his memories. He's won his championships. Time for him to move on to his next venture. Uh, and we wish him the best of luck in anything that he does. But we're going to move now to some segments. Before that, I want to remind you that our show has obviously been brought to you by D- by these home cuts but it's also brought to you by a's lawn service uh since 2014 a's has been providing many homes around northeast ohio with professional landscaping at a low and fair price andrew owns a's lawn service we've been trying to get him on the show level we'll get him on i think one of these days um one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet he works really hard he's got a great group of guys uh they've been working really hard to get this uh landscaping company off the ground since 2014 they've done a great job and it's grown into something really big uh, and they do a really great job today i'm recording this at 2:40 in my air-conditioned basement um on a tuesday while outside it's about 90 degrees it's insanely hot out i had to mow the lawn yesterday it was hell um 
and some schools are even closing down because it's just so hot outside. I hate being outside right now. So don't waste your time in that heat, unbearable heat. Let a guy like Andrew and his crew with A's Lawn Service take care of your lawn and your landscaping needs for you. Um, he'll do a great job and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service. You grow it. We cut it. So check them, check out A's. But right now we're gonna move to some segments, a couple question and answer uh, stuff we got for you, and the boldest move of the week. Um, I was gonna start with boldest move, but we'll say that to the end. We got a couple other segments we want to talk about, a couple other stories too. We're gonna go with question and answer. We got a question sent in by a Jets fan on Twitter. What should the Jets do with Teddy Bridgewater? You know. You look at the Jets quarterback room, I've talked that's probably one of the most talented quarterback rooms in the NFL with Bridgewater, McCown, who I think is a, a really good player, and then obviously the phenom and Sam Darnold, who I think is the most ready to start in the NFL right now out of all those rookie quarterbacks. So you look at this team, there's not much room for Teddy Bridgewater. There's not much room to fit in. Josh McCown's the mentor for Sam Darnold, and Teddy Bridgewater's kind of been the outside guy, even though he has the talent... Um, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. If he wasn't for that terrible injury, he would still be with the Vikings starting games for them because that's just who he is. He's just a dependable quarterback. He's not going to change a franchise, but he's going to be able to change, take your franchise and put it in good hands at the quarterback spot, if that makes sense. Um, I think you got to play the shit out of him in the fourth preseason game. Let him show what he can do, and then you try to trade him. The Jets' offensive line is pretty shitty right now, so they're gonna need. I think they're gonna need some help. If you could turn Teddy Bridgewater into a solid offensive lineman, you trade him to somewhere like, I don't know, the Dolphins kind of need some quarterback help. Tannehill's a little shaky. Seattle's looking for a backup quarterback. All oh, they don't have any offensive linemen really. Uh, there's a couple teams who could use a, you know, a good backup or even a solid starter. I think Teddy Bridgewater is that. I watch Colin Cowherd a lot. Uh, he's kind of one of my mentors, you know, doing this whole thing. And he said yesterday that the Jets should just start him the first three games. They should just give Teddy Bridgewater their starting job for the first three games because they're playing the Lions, the Dolphins, and the Browns, all three winnable games. And if he goes out there and puts out some good tape, that he goes 2-1, and 3-0, and which I think he could easily do against the Lions, Dolphins, and Browns, then you would obviously get a much higher pick for him. Um, I think he's kind of hit his ceiling. He's not going to wow you with his arm, but he's just dependable uh, as shit. And I think he could be a guy who a team could use either as a backup or as a starter. So that's what I would do, I think, is play the crap out of him in the preseason game uh, coming up the last one, week four. Uh, put some good tape out there and then just try to trade him for an offensive lineman or maybe even a pick, uh, which you could flip for an offensive lineman or just use next year. Because he's a good guy. Um, he's a good quarterback. Big name a couple years ago. Not anymore, but that's because of an unfortunate injury. This wasn't really a question we got. This is more of our comments. What they wanted to give our people wanted us to give our opinions on Skylar Diggins and the WNBA controversy going on with her right now. If you don't know who Skylar Diggins is, she plays basketball in the WNBA. Uh, she played at Notre Dame, was a pretty good player for them, uh, is now a pretty good player in the WNBA. Uh, over the last couple 
months, weeks, WNBA players have kind of been in the press lately calling out, you know, the NBA, saying how it's unfair that they don't get paid as much as NBA players. Uh, you know, they do the same amount of work, which they do, I'll give them that, but they just don't get paid millions of dollars. But Skylar Diggins, she called out, she starts calling out players. Like, she don't give, she just starts calling out guys. Harrison Barnes, she called out saying, you know, He's making way more than she is, and he's just a decent NBA player. He's not even that good. But they're calling guys out left and right, and it's just been you know kind of controversial. So people wanted us to give our thoughts. Obviously, it's just me today, so I want to give my thoughts on WNBA versus NBA and you know in terms of revenue and wage gap. I don't really like to get into the whole politics of everything, so we're just going to go straight to the numbers. Last last year, the NBA made seven point four billion dollars. The WNBA made twenty five million. Right there, that's that should end the argument right there. WNBA does not bring in even close to no, it, it twenty five million for an NBA team is bad. Like this, the WNBA has really risen a lot in success the last couple years. I think it's going to take some more time, but they could rise to the level of the NBA. I think their attendance has been up the last couple years, which is I'm glad to see that because obviously. Um, these women are talented playing basketball, but people just want to watch NBA basketball more than WNBA basketball right now because I, I obviously I don't want to get into the whole sexism type of thing, but it's not. I don't think it's sexism. I think you know NBA just brings in a lot more money, a lot more fans, a lot more TV audience, um, and the WNBA is just not at that level yet. I think they'll get there in a couple of years. But right now, you're going to have to take what you can take um, if you want to play professional basketball. You're not going to make you know, $100 million like some of these guys are. And I get it. NBA contracts are ridiculous, but they're getting paid that because they're bringing in that type of money. And a girl like Skylar Diggins, who's really fun to watch, she, she should bring in that type of money based on her talent. But uh, it's just the WNBA versus the NBA, it's not even close. It's not even an argument. Uh, that's why. So if anybody ever asks, you know, why don't the NBA? Why don't the WNBA players get paid uh, the same level as NBA? Just say NBA makes seven point four billion. WNBA made twenty five million last year. It's not even close in revenue. Um, we're gonna move now to boldest move of the week weekend uh, from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, we're gonna start with the Browns and Eagles game. Um, so, so, so you say, Travis? Why? Are you making one of the boldest moves of the week? Um, the a football game, the Browns Eagles game. This game ended up five nothing in favor of the Browns. One of the most boring games you could ever watch. But let me tell you something about it. It was the highest preseason game, highest preseason rankings watch, uh, viewership, highest preseason viewership of any game since 2012. A team who uh, a, a game that ended up five nothing uh, became the highest watched preseason game since 2012 is pretty insane to me, and you know it's bold. I guess it's not really bold. It's kind of a shitty option here, but I'm by myself, so I don't care. I get to choose it. I think it's pretty funny how a five nothing game ends up being the highest preseason watched game since 2012. Secondly, boldest move of the week: Ken Norton Jr., the D coordinator for the Seahawks, was the D coordinator for the Oakland Raiders a couple years ago. Used to play, I think he played for the 49ers and maybe a couple more teams. Uh, he's been around the league, bounced around the league, good defensive coordinator. My man tapes his fingers up before the game. You'd say, what's weird about that? He's a coach. He's not a player. 
he tapes his fingers. If you watch on the sidelines, he's got tape around his fingers because my man is still a player at heart, a true football guy through and through. Putting tape on your fingers when you go out to coach is a bold move. I love it. I think you should vote for him. Poll's going to be on Twitter uh, in a little bit here. It should be on now by the time you're listening. So go ahead and vote for my man, Ken Norton. Uh, Browns and Eagles game is interesting. 5 nothing game ended up being the highest-watched preseason game in 2012. That's interesting, but it's just not as bold as my guy, Ken Norton. So our next segment, I want to say, it's not really a segment, more of a couple, two stories I want to talk about. Blake Bortles, somebody I think deserves, he gets a lot of, a lot of heat, a lot of hate. Uh, which is really not deserved in my eyes because I think he's one of the uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, but he's just a great guy off and on the field. Uh, he confirmed that uh, the other day. Obviously, they had the shooting in Jacksonville at the Madden tournament, uh, which was terrible. I'm not going to get into the politics because I don't want to talk about the politics because it's just annoying. But something's got to be done, obviously. But my man Blake Bortles went out and donated a bunch of meals to all the first responders in the Jacksonville shooting. You just got to give credit to a guy like that. I think Blake Bortles gets a lot of heat, so I wanted to give some props to him for that because that's just a great, great move on his end. And I think it just confirms, you know, everybody's, you know, view that Blake Bortles is a great guy through and through. And you know, I give him props for that. Again, we're getting a little, pl- a little bit uh, into different segments. Uh, you know, we we try to have fun on this show. But this story right here, I think, was one of the coolest stories I've read in a long time. If you don't know, uh, Molly Tibbetts, the girl from Iowa who got killed uh, while running for it, I think taking a jog, I don't know the whole story, but she got killed. Obviously, really, really sad story. Um, But her brother, Scott Tibbetts, I believe, is a sophomore in high school, and he is the starting quarterback for his high school football team. The last month for him has been hell for him and his family. I can't even imagine what they've been going through. She was missing for a long time. And then obviously they found her body uh, and caught her killer a couple days, about a week ago. Um, so Friday night, like I said, he's the starting quarterback for his team. Nobody expects this guy to play. They just found out his, sis- his sister's been murdered. Um and the last month has just been hell for him. Nobody expected him to play. But to his credit, he went out there and completely balled up, scored three touchdowns. He threw two. He ran for one in a, in a huge victory for his high school team. I got to give the guy credit. That was one of the coolest stories I've read in a while. Gave me chills um, to go out there and perform as well as he did. To perform at all, you know, after having a week, a month like he did. But to perform as well as he did uh, after something like that is really cool. Really cool to watch, and I'm really happy for him. Uh, you know, my prayers go out to him and his family at a time like this. But that's it for the show today. Didn't really uh, wanted to end on that because that was just such a great story. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about the college football uh, week one kickoff weekend on Thursday. Got a couple other stories we want to talk about, a couple other segments. Uh, but other than that, that's the end of the show today. I want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Two great guys, two great companies, locally owned, small business, two entrepreneurs. Give them a call. Like I said, find D's Home Cuts at Instagram at D's Home Cuts. And then call 330-241-2392 to reach A's Lawn Service. Those are two great products, cheap but professional. 
and you know you're really going to help these guys out. Other than that, we ask that you go on iTunes, give us TNT Sports Talk a five star review, rate, review, subscribe. Um, give any, but on tw- our Twitter, sorry, TNT Sports Talk twelve. That is where you want to go if you want to send us questions, comments, concerns, things you like, things you didn't like, things we can work on, uh, things that uh, we're good at, stuff we're bad at. Give us whatever sort of information you want um, because we're trying to grow this into something big. Uh, We kind of – we feel like the past – month we've kind of been going downhill a little bit we're getting a little bit more of a resurgence we're getting you know more comfortable with this uh we're close to 50 episodes and it's just been a blast through and through Uh, a little bit of a grind a little bit harder than we thought it would be but uh it's getting better and i you know i'm not gonna stop because i love it so i'm just gonna keep putting on episodes as long as at least one person keeps listening uh but you guys are great our fans are great but our twitter is where you want to go if you want to reach us the dms are open you don't have to follow us just send us a dm i'll look at it i see him i i won't miss it i'll respond um Send us, like I said, all your questions, comments, concerns. If you want to be a guest, we're looking for guests. A lot of people are at college right now. A lot of our regular guests uh, at college or playing high school football. Um, so there's not a lot of time for guests. Um, we're trying to get more interviews. Got a couple interviews lined up, but obviously, you know, athletes are pretty busy too. Um, but send us that if you want to be a guest. If you please send us questions, you want answered on the show comments we'll we'll start reading comments from viewers uh, if they want us to read something if they can't make it in our instagram you can follow us on there truman's in charge of that i'm in charge of the twitter uh the twitter's a lot better but the instagram is solid uh listen to us tomorrow on 12 ounce from 7 to 8 a.m it's a little bit different of a time uh on wednesdays now thursdays are i mean fridays are the same um but if you're going to listen to us on 12 ounce 7 to 8 a.m prime time slot uh for your commute Listen to us, put it on. It's a great and growing sports network that we're really proud to be a, a part of. Um, you can find us on YouTube if you want. If you can't get us on iTunes for any reason, obviously. Um, but other than that, we're trying to get on more platforms. Just trying to make this into a better show for you and for everybody else. Uh, but other than that, have a great day and tune in on Thursday. Uh, thanks, guys.